0: The Phillies strike first in game one, so to rub it in our face, we got Connor Thomas of Locked On Phillies on today's post-game podcast.
1: You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome into the Locked on Dimebacks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Miller Thomas, been hosting the Locked on Dimebacks Podcast since 2020. And now I get to see the D-Backs in the NLCS, which we are going to talk about on today's podcast because it's time to give you that instant reaction. The d backs game finished about 30 minutes ago. D-Backs unfortunately lost, but to talk about the game with us and probably Rub the good feelings in our face. We got Connor Thomas of Locked on Phillies on today's podcast. I think this is our first crossover, sir, that we've ever done together.
1: I think it might be. It's a two Thomas episode here. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you having me. And I'm not here to rub anything in. It's a long series. And Mm -hmm. the Diamondbacks are a team that have made their living this year on coming back from places people didn't think they were going to be able to. So uh, early, it looked like it might have been a route. This turned into a game, and that team has some fight in them. And I'm not sitting here saying, oh, the Phillies have this locked up. There's a lot more to go. And I think there are some positives on both sides to take out of this one. Obviously, yeah. the win, the biggest positive. <laughs>
0: Yeah, for sure. Might need to do a quick three, three, 23 and me after this, just to, you know, check the family lineage with the Thomas's last name. But for the D-backs, yeah, I mean, this game started off in that first inning. I mean, the D-backs, what we saw them do against the Dodgers, it was a lot of starting off early with instant offense. And this game tonight, it was the Phillies who struck first, right? You had Kyle Schwarber, first pitch of the game against Zach Allen. He hits a rocket off the bat. And then Bryce Harper, what Bryce Harper does all postseason his entire career with the Phillies. He hits a bomb and it's like the Phillies were off to the races. And I was really I'm not going to lie to you, kind of. I was pretty down in the dumps um, those first few innings. But like you said, the D-backs ended up battling, coming back in this. And by the end, I, I do have a little bit more optimism going into game two, because I do feel like the D-backs at least closed the gap in there um, toward the later part of the game. But Zach Wheeler, man, I mean. Talk about his dominance tonight. I mean, what was that At one point you retired like 15 straight D backs. Like I just thought uh, the D backs were never going to get anything with the way wheeler was pitching tonight.
1: Yeah. I got to give a shout out to Jason Stark on this one. Cause he's the one who brought this stat up to me. It, he's the greatest first game pitcher in the history of the MLB postseason. Oh. Uh, Zach Wheeler shows up ready to go. He has the best ERA in the history of game once, And it's a great asset. The Philadelphia Phillies have. And I mean, you can't say enough good things about what he's done for this team this postseason and the fast start. It's great for the offense. I also think the crowd has something to do with it. Now, series don't start. This is the old axiom, right? Mm -hmm. Series don't start until a road team wins a game. So while it is a great win for the Phillies, I'm very happy about it. If you're a Diamondbacks fan, the thing to hold on to is you're not supposed to win at Citizens Bank Park. You're supposed to defend your home turf and find a way to steal the final game of the series if you need to. And this was the expected result. But it was tighter than what it looked like early. And turns out the Phillies needed to get on it early, or they would have been in trouble late in this one. It, it was a really good start, great starting pitching. And Zach Gallon, I, I don't know what it is, because he was so good early mm-hmm. on in the postseason. 2-0 record coming into this game with some great numbers. Just one of those moments where he didn't have his best stuff tonight.
0: Yeah, in the last like month and a half or Zach Gallon, we started we started to see these cracks where he just gave up more home runs. He was less consistent, had a bunch of games where he gave up like four or five, six earned run games and I don't know what happened to him really in the second half of the season. This guy started the All-Star game, you know, in the first half and at one point was the Cy Young favorite like three-fourths of the way through the season. And he was good through his first two turns in the postseason, but I think we saw tonight um, that second half Zach Allen creep in. And I did wonder like why he was left out there so early. Like were the D-backs kind of just saving their bullpen for the rest of the series, knowing how that first inning went? Like, did they think this was just going to snowball out of control? Because after Zach Allen gave up that Trey Turner double when they were already down like two or three runs like I would have been okay taking gallon out of the game at that point going to the pen because then all of a sudden if Domo still hits that dinger later on I don't know if he does but if it's like a 3-2 ball game going to like the sixth seventh inning like that just has a different tenure than the D-backs being down three runs entering those later innings I would have potentially liked to see Zach Gallon come out the game a little bit earlier and then you could have also saved him later in the series and maybe throw him back out there for game four.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't. It felt like one of those where it's like, okay, again, game one losing as the road team doesn't kill you in a series. Game one Mm -hmm. losing as the home team changes the whole dynamic of everything. So I understand leaving them out there. And also, you know The D-backs bullpen, 20th in the MLB this year in the regular season in ERA. So it's not the greatest unit out there. So I understand trusting your starter, but it was a little strange there. Uh, You survived. the If you had gone to the pen in the third inning, say, when he was giving up all those home runs, he started to seem to lose command a little bit. You're trying to ask for six innings worth of bullpen relief with a seven-game series that's a tough thing. So I think, uh, honestly, like Zach Gowan made mistakes tonight. He wasn't great. He wasn't the guy you saw when he was in the Cy Young race. But he ate innings. He battled enough to save the bullpen. And you live to fight another day. You just wish you would have gotten more out of him to start. And I love what the Phillies did offensively, jumping on him early from the first pitch.
0: Yeah, and I want to ask you, how do you feel about the Phillies bullpen? Because I think we trust the Alvarados of the world. I do like the Sir Anthony Dominguez's, but I... I know they said the stat, you know, during the broadcast, like Craig Kimbrell has never like uh, blown a postseason save, but I used to watch him on those Boston Red Sox runs in the postseason and he might not have blown a save, but there was a couple of outings where, you know, the Red Sox might have been up three runs and then they left the game with a win, but it might have been only a run, a, a one run win at that point of the game. So Craig Kimbrell can definitely get you a little shaky and, you know, raise the nerves in that ninth inning, despite him never blowing a save. So how do you feel about that closing situation with Kimbrell? I feel great about
1: the makeup of the guys, the resume of the guys in the pen, the stuff they have. Like That's the thing. Bullpen innings are never going to be easy. When you get this deep into the postseason, you're expecting to play tight games. And the end game is the result. And what a lot of fans get caught up on, and I can't blame anybody. I was stressed out at the end of that one as much as anybody. But uh, you can't get caught up in the way you get there. If they can get you to a winning result, that's what matters. Uh, Kimbrel's shaky sometimes. But he's going to be a Hall of Famer one day for a reason. More often than not, he gets you to the result you want to. And this bullpen's deep. you got other guys you can go to. I really like the Phillies bullpen unit. And as long as they hold it together, I think they're an asset to this team. They're not the greatest asset. The deeper the starting pitching can go, the better. But that's any team at this point in the postseason. I really liked what I saw tonight battling through guys that didn't have their best stuff. And you still get to where you need to be, which is a 1-0 series lead.
0: Yeah, when you talk about the makeup of this team, um, there's just been a lot of discussion like around the Phillies about how this team is more built for the postseason as opposed to maybe that 162 game grind. Like, Do you kind of agree with that? Like, What do you think about that sentiment? Because when I look at the Phillies team from an outside perspective, I'm like, yeah, of course this team is going to be a beast in the postseason. They got stars up and down their lineup. They got two frontline starters. They got good guys at the back end of the bullpen. Like, no duh, this team is built for a postseason setting. Yeah, the issue
1: with this team all year was kind of, I don't know if I want to say top-heavy, but it was just, if you're going to go somewhere, your stars have to produce. The top half of the lineup has to be great. And there were points in the regular season where you had guys banged up. I mean, you're waiting for Bryce Harper to come back and turn into himself again. And over 162, sometimes stars slump. Everybody does it. Even the guys who are going to take home MVP trophies this year had stretches of the season where they weren't themselves. But in the postseason, when you shrink that sample size down to needing to win 13 games as a wildcard team to win a World Series, well, your stars can make that much more of a difference. And the Phillies have had a lot of faith in the guys they're paying hundreds of millions do- millions of dollars to show up in October. And they've also built their team around guys that have perennially done it. Like Bryce Harper is incredibly clutch. Trey Turner is about as consistent as you can get over his career. And some of these other guys have been in spots where they've risen to the occasion. So, yeah, they're built for October, and this was always the goal. So, so far, mission accomplished, but a long way to go until the main goal is accomplished, and that takes taking this series.
0: Yeah, and of course, you know, the D-backs got their own main goal that they're trying to accomplish, so they're going to need to slow down those stars of the Phillies, and one of those stars that we're going to be talking about here in a second is Bryce Harper, because that man is the scariest guy to face in the postseason right now, but if you want a star to wear on your body, you need to go get you some bird dog shorts, because bird dogs make you look good bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg giving you a truly sculpted look you'll look like a greek adonis wearing these things bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as a little lemon but fit way better they fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff restricting cotton bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement that's why I love these things because I'm all about comfortability and nothing is more comfortable than my bird dog shorts and they smell fantastic bird dogs used anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long these things are perfect for any occasion the gym the grocery store or even a wedding so go to birddogs.com Slash lockdown MLB or enter promo code lockdown MLB at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash lockdown MLB for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you. And don't forget to catch every D backs and Phillies pitch on their hometown broadcast when you download the series XM app and search up Diamondbacks. All right, back here on the locked on Diamondbacks, locked on Phillies crossover. Of course, talking about game one, talking about the NLCS series. And I want to talk a little bit about the stars in this series because we saw one star continue to crush it for the Phillies, Bryce Harper. I mean, I mean, since the Phillies have signed him, I mean, that's probably been arguably the best signing in in baseball uh, over the last couple of years, especially when you think about his postseason performances. Absolutely dominant. Once again, on a tear. This postseason, I just want to ask, Why do people keep pitching to Bryce Harper? I said on my preview podcast yesterday, let's stop. Uh, If it's like the first inning, maybe you pitch to Bryce Harper. Of course, game one showed not even in the first inning, you pitch to Bryce Harper at no point during the game early in the game. Base is empty. I don't care about the situation. Never pitch to Bryce Harper, especially when you have a man like Trey Turner on second with first base open. Just never do it. Why are teams continuing to pitch to the most dangerous man on the planet?
1: I don't have an answer for you. I I was sitting out and I was watching the game with a buddy who I played college baseball with. He knows the game well. And we kind of said it at the same time. He's reaching like prime Barry Bonds level of don't pitch to this guy. Now, that's postseason. Like Mm -hmm. nobody without the aid of maybe a little help outside the game is turning into Barry Bonds anytime soon. But honestly, uh, I talked about it, too. I was on the air on the radio today and the lineup was interesting to me for the Phillies because Alec Bohm has not been great in the postseason, and you had him batting cleanup behind Bryce Harper. And I thought that that might've been a bit of a mistake by Rob Thompson because you're opening up the chance to work around Bryce Harper to get to a guy who hasn't had that much success. Mm-hmm. And instead the diamondbacks decided we'll see how we can do against him. I can't fault Zach Gallen and the diamondback staff for saying, if we've got our guy on the mound a guy who's in a Cy Young conversation this year, go after him. Because you can't be scared from Jump Street. Mm-hmm. But the second at bat was the big question for me. You have yeah. a base open. Trey Turner's on second. And first pitch, Bryce Harper jumps on a ball that's inside to him in the zone, and it earns an RBI single. I don't understand. And if I was the Diamondbacks, I would frankly work around him the rest of the series because he's going to kill you if you don't. He's one of the great clutch performers in the history of this game. And right now, you've got to look at him as the guy that cannot hurt you in this lineup.
0: Yeah. And that's everything I said going to this series. I don't care if it's the Schwarber's or the Trey Turners, because there's a lot of talented dudes in this Phillies lineup. I was like, the one guy that cannot beat us is Bryce Harper. He is the catalyst to everything. And of course, those guys can be independent outside of Bryce Harper, but he just feels like the emotional leader of that team. And if he's struggling or if you're just walking him every time i think that could you know change i think that could just change the whole demeanor of everything and the d-backs just never did that like you said alec bomb he was batting after this game he's batting 167 in the postseason it's like how do you not we're first base open right. not just walk bryce harper um don't really get that really big point of contention with me with the d-backs manager Toy lovello after that decision tonight but and, you know, going to this series, like Corbin Carroll's going to have to kind of match like a Bryce Harper a little bit because against the Dodgers, I was like, Corbin Carroll has the potential to look like the best player in that series. And I think after it, I mean. Considering Mookie Betts didn't get one hit Freddie Freeman all's only had one like I think Corbin Carroll did walk away as the best player in that series But now you go against his Phillies lineup it, It's a little bit tougher when you got a guy like Bryce Harper who just seems to get up um, Every time in the postseason, but Corbin Carroll so far got one hit tonight need a little bit more from the rest of this D-backs lineup But h- how can you slow down that Phillies lineup when they have just so many dudes? Like when you have Nick Castellanos batting seventh, knowing what he's done this postseason It almost feels impossible at times to slow down that Phillies offense.
1: Yeah, I honestly don't know how you do it. It would be a tough team to attack. And the here's what I'll do. I'll, I'll tell you kind of how the Phillies, I think, shut down the Braves, because mm-hmm. I think that's a very similar approach to the way that you have to attack this Phillies lineup. Those two teams are more similar than they are different. And the way that the Phillies got through the Braves is excellent starting pitching with strikeout stuff. You can't allow them to put the ball in play. You can't allow them to try and get momentum. Early, you have to get through those first three innings with strikeout stuff and have a really good start from somebody that gets you to the fifth or sixth inning where you're still in the game. Because if you have what you had tonight with Zach Gallen and the Phillies jump on you early, the Phillies starting pitching is too good. You cannot come back against a guy like Zach Wheeler or Aaron Nola or the bullpen when they're on. It's really, really tough to attack this lineup because of how deep they are. And it's a tough thing. Mm -hmm. Now, I will say, right, comparing Corbin Carroll to Bryce Harper at this point, it's almost unfair to Corbin Carroll because he's such a young player. Like one day, could he be that guy? Absolutely. And I love him as a player. I think he's a guy you can build a team around. But the Diamondbacks, it's a weird thing. The Diamondbacks are in such a similar spot to where the Phillies were last year. The final Mm. wildcard team, you work your way in, you knock off two division leaders. The only difference is this Phillies team is not the Padres team that we got to face last year. This Phillies team is much more complete and they've been here before. It's a really tough spot for a young team, but it's a spot where a lot of lessons can be learned. And there's two ways you can take this, right? You can learn lessons over this series and you can lose and you can say next year, we'll come back and we'll get after it. Or you can learn lessons quickly, and you can make adjustments over the course of the series, and you can see guys grow into their own in the moment, and you could give the Phillies a run for this thing. So yes, there's some growth that needs to happen with a young team like the Diamondbacks. It doesn't mean they're less dangerous. And the talent level that you have with a Corbin Carroll, and Christian Walker, and all these guys who are going to make a difference in this series for Arizona, it's still something that could show itself in this series for sure. And you saw glimpses the night.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I think we saw at least a few adjustments from these D-backs batters throughout the game, Um, got a little bit more comfortable against Wheeler. And then once they got to the bullpen, felt like this D-backs offense felt a little bit more confident in themselves. And when you watch this Phillies team, like we talked about the bullpen already a little bit, but. If you had to go to a bullpen game where it's like game three, a Ranger Suarez or someone is out there and, you know, he gets shelled early the first three innings. Do you trust this Phillies team to give it to your bullpen third, fourth inning and maybe carry you for six more outs or excuse me, six more innings?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. Against the Braves in game one, Ranger Suarez went three and two thirds innings and he had great stuff, but Rob Thompson said that he had had a plan ahead of the game to manage it like it was a must win. So you got basically six innings out of your bullpen And you ended up shutting out one of the historically great offenses in baseball in the Atlanta Braves. So, yeah, when the bullpen's been called upon, it hasn't always looked perfect. But they've gotten the results you've needed so far this year. And they've been a huge strength to this team. So if you do have to go with the bullpen game, I feel confident in the Phillies to do that. The good news is Aaron Nola's been really good. Ranger Suarez has been really good. We just saw how good Zach Wheeler can be. This Phillies team has some great top end starters. So you hope it doesn't come to that, but you've already seen that proven so far this postseason. It goes back to how do you beat this Phillies roster? How do you beat this Phillies lineup? That hasn't been answered yet. That riddle has not been solved and it's up to the diamondbacks to find a way to attack one of the more complete teams in baseball.
0: Yeah. And you know, for the next game, for game two, we're going to need Merrill Kelly to hopefully find the answer to slowing down this Phillies offense and for our listeners, you know, if you want to place a little bet for game two on who you think is going to win, the best place to do that is FanDuel because October baseball is back and can make your postseason debut with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Join FanDuel today and you'll get started with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just visit FanDuel.com to create your new account. Then you can get in on the action from the first pitch on Until the final out, bet on everything from strikeouts to home runs to who will win the game. My favorite thing to do on FanDuel is the same game parlay. It didn't hit tonight, but I like to take the D-backs money line and the over on runs. I'm hoping in game two it hits. And if you want, and if you don't want to wait the whole game to get a W, predict what will happen in the next at-bat with quick bets. So head on over to fanduel.com slash lockdown right now. Step up to the plate this postseason with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Make every moment more at FanDuel, official sports band partner of Major League Baseball. Right, back here on the Locked on Dimebacks crossover with Locked on Phil's host, Connor Thomas, talking about game one. And I want to talk a little bit about game two, because the D-backs, I mean, you say the series didn't start to the, you know, road team wins, but, you know, Connor, the Phillies could just win every home game and just take this one, right? They they could essentially not ever concede a road game and the D-backs uh, could just go home. But for the D-backs to win game two, you're going to need Merrill Kelly to step up, give you a better performance than what we saw in uh, game number one from Zach Allen. But I think more importantly is you just need to create more run scoring opportunities. If you just look at the box score, D-backs had One run scoring opportunity the whole night. And you're going against a team like the Phillies, where they have power galore, you got speed from the Stotts and the Trey Turners. Like there's so many ways that this Phillies offense can kill you. The D-backs the whole season have really embraced chaos, getting on the bases, using that speed to create havoc. And that's what they need to do. Maybe they have to go back to their roots. Maybe they got to even play a little small ball, right? I think Geraldo Perdomo led Major League Baseball in sacrifice hits. Like if corbin carroll gets like a single or a double like i wouldn't be afraid if the perdomos of the world lay down a couple of base hits or excuse me lay down a couple bunts uh in this game trying to move runners over just trying to get runs on the board because i think runs are going to be just so valuable in this series and for the d backs you know if they want to get some easy run scoring opportunities maybe they go back to a little small ball try to create havoc on the bases and use that team speed because for the phillies i mean one thing that is a potential weakness a little vulnerability is that defense and if you can you know get some balls over to Bryce Harper at first base get some balls to Nick Castianos in the outfield um is he playing outfield uh, I guess yeah he's yeah, yeah he's playing right field so if you could get some balls because there was that one play in game one um where it was like oh is he gonna catch that he had to like look over to center field so if you could get some balls in those directions because everything was hit to the infield tonight and they were fantastic so let's get some balls to Bryce Harper and some Castianos and make the defense uh you know throw you out in this game
1: yeah, for sure. It's the one spot where the Phillies have been a little bit shaky is the defense. And it was a nice game tonight, but still you, you have a little bit of an issue at first base with Bryce Harper in a position he's not used to. Trey Turner had a couple big errors in game two that you lost to the Atlanta Braves. I'll tell you what was interesting to me tonight is that no one attempted a stolen base. Mm. And I these are two teams with some speed out there. You've got stars that can run. But you also have two really good catchers back there, JT Romito you know, and Moreno, and I mean, it's just an unbelievable type of cat and mouse game with when do you run, do you run? I think that could be a huge thing in the next couple of games is who takes advantage of the base stealing and the base paths going forward. It's a lot of there's a lot of intricacies to this when you're playing a game of this magnitude and you're playing two teams who are among the top four in the sport this year. So, defense is important. Uh, going and creating opportunities on the base pass is going to be a huge thing going forward. I think I don't think game one is going to be typical of the series when it comes to the opportunities for stolen bases. So, These are all things to keep an eye on going forward. If you're the Diamondbacks and you can find a way to run on some of the Phillies pitchers who have a less quick delivery, well, that's how you turn from a team that isn't plus plus offensively to Mm -hmm. a team that can create problems for opposition even if the pitcher's throwing well like think about it Aaron Nolan might be throwing well but you walk Corbin Carroll you put somebody on next thing you know runners on second and a bloop hit from somebody and all of a sudden you've got a run that you didn't have to produce by creating too much offense I think that's part of the equation for the Diamondbacks to create an opportunity in the series it's definitely something I'm going to be watching for in game two
0: yeah, and speaking of Game Two, we're going to have a pretty good pitching matchup: Aaron, uh, Merrill Kelly versus Aaron Nola. And Aaron Nola is one of those guys. When you look at like his year by year, I talked about it with Javier Reyes. Like for some reason, it's like he's like a every other year guy. It's like during the odd years, he just seems to be a little bit more down, like statistically, but. You get to the postseason, he dominates once again. How confident are you in Aaron Ola in a postseason setting? Like, obviously, so far, he's been great this year. Um, you guys got to the World Series last year. Like, do, do you feel confident? Is it like a 1A, 1B with him and Zach Wheeler as your frontline duo? No, pretty much is. I don't know how you couldn't be confident in him at this point.
1: Now, the tough thing is, right? You have no other option like you can't go into a postseason game, especially in the NLCS and say, I don't know if this guy has it. Like, I don't know if I like him starting this game tonight. At this point, you got to kind. of you're forced as a fan of the team to believe in everybody. But Aaron Nola has been really, really good this postseason. He's shown up. He still is in a contract year and something you can do if you had a rough regular season in a contract year is go out and prove the contenders that mm-hmm. when the chips are down in October, you can show up. That's almost as valuable, if not more so than the regular season is. So he's got a lot on the line. He's pitching very, very well. I really like him in this start, but I know I, I've been looking at the numbers. Don't think I've missed it. Merrill <laughs> Kelly, a 0.00 ERA in the postseason so far. He's been unbelievable in his one start that he's made. So when you look at Merrill Kelly, He's a guy that could definitely give Aaron Nola a run for his money tomorrow night.
0: Yeah, and honestly, I felt like if the D-backs want to steal game 1, I would have went with a Merrill Kelly. I just felt like with how him and Gallon have pitched toward the end of the season, Kelly just in a better spot right now. So going into game two, I do feel very confident that Merrill Kelly could probably put together a better performance than what we saw from Zach Gallon, just because uh, we saw these faults from Zach Gallon for a couple months now. So it's not as surprising. Merrill Kelly goes out there and gets shelled tomorrow. I mean, I'm just going to throw my hands in the air and be like, well, the Phillies offense did it again. It was probably Bryce Harper. It was probably Kyle Schwarber or something like that. But when you look at that Phillies offense, like <laughs> who is the x-factor if it's not like everyone in their lineup because you could say one guy but then it's like okay well he's making 30 million a year like of course nick casianos is an x-factor he's one of the highest paid players in baseball he's been an all-star before so do you even have an x-factor on this team or you like bryson stye if he comes around at any point this season trey turner kind of had a down year maybe he's still an x-factor but he's also a world series champion so it's like i want to ask you who's the x-factor but it's also like you have name brand value guys up and down your lineup
1: Yeah, I'll tell you who the guy is. So there's a lot of very consistent postseason performers on this team. You know what you're getting out of Bryce Harper, Trey Turner, Castellanos has been unbelievable. Even the younger guys like Boehm and Stott. Boehm's been rough, but those are guys that are just complete hitters. They find ways to grind out at bats. The one guy... That is a very low average guy that you expect something from is kyle schwarber and every once in a while he runs into one so that's the x factor right he's not going to give you anything if he's not hitting the ball out of the yard but tonight yeah. you saw how important he could be to set the tone if he gets on it the x factor for me the rest of the series is ken kyle schwarber with three righties throwing i i imagine it's going to be fought in game three probably yeah and if you're facing righty and gallon righty and kelly righty and Fott, well Kyle Schwarber's got the opportunity to see a couple pitchers early who handed this plays into him. If he can create power because he hadn't to this point in the postseason, he can totally flip a game around. That's my guy that's the least consistent with the highest upside that probably plays into being an X factor for the Phillies.
0: Random long-term question for you about Kyle Schwarber. Do you worry about regression coming for him? Not this year, but like over the next couple of years, just because he's like that archetype of guy that's like, I'm a 200 average by hit 50 home runs. If that power ever comes down to like 28 to 30, do you ever worry they could become like the next, like Chris Davis or Adam Dunn?
1: Now, I don't think he'll ever be to that point because mm-hmm. he's done this a couple years in a row. And I always looked at him as the prototypical power hitter, like three result guy, home run, strike out out like right. that's their strikeout walk is like basically what he does but as far as regression uh, we haven't seen it yet and he's going to get the opportunity like Ryan Howard is such a similar guy over a couple year stretch of his career Ryan Howard had an amazing like 3 year stretch back when the Phillies were winning or competing for championships in 08 09 10 and then he had a bad Achilles injury And he wasn't the same guy. Kyle Schwarber has the benefit, if the rest of the Phillies stay healthy, to play DH. And I think that really prolongs his career and his ability to hit the baseball. So I hope it's not coming anytime soon. But I I know, at least for the rest of this year, you're going to always have the power threat of Kyle Schwarber anytime he steps to the plate. And that's a luxury that some teams don't have.
0: Well, listen, I know the regression is not coming anytime this postseason. I mean, right after Bryce Harper, I think Schwarber with a because the thing looks like a toothpick in his hands. I mean, the way he swings a bat, uh, it looks nasty. So this Phillies offense, the pitching, the bullpen, all of it, the Phillies are the complete package, and this is going to be the toughest test for the D-backs this postseason. But hopefully they can bounce back in a big way in game two. Connor Thomas locked on Phillies. Where can the listeners find you on social media?
1: Yeah, go ahead and check out my stuff on Twitter at ConnorThomas975. Of course, subscribe to the YouTube Locked on Phillies. And if you're in the Philadelphia area listening to this, you could check me out on the radio 97.5 The Fanatic and television NBC Sports Philadelphia.
0: Yeah, Miller Thomas for me at Career Thomas24 for my personal account, or look up Locked on Dimebacks both Twitter and Instagram. And please hit subscribe to both Locked on Phillies and Locked On Dimebacks on YouTube and of course on all your streaming platforms. Connor, first time we crossed over. Of course, the Phillies got the big win tonight. But hopefully the D-Backs can bounce back in a big way in game two. Till next time, sir. Enjoy the <laughs> rest you. of the series. Doses.
1: Thank you, man. See ya.